Hello and welcome to today's episode of So What's the Catch with myself and Brian. Hopefully other members of the team uh, will join in later. But for now, we are going to get started. So uh, you want to talk about what was supposed to be a game on Monday? Was Do we want to start this off how we started off every Wednesday with One Word Wednesday? And we'll let oh, the yeah. win when they get here. Yeah, we'll do one word Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, that All was right. my, that my was one my, word. Go ahead. My one word is expected. Yeah, at this point, my one word would be uh, I'm going to hyphenate it. Not unusual. Okay. I'll let you hyphenate it. We'll let that one slide. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, what, what do you really have to talk about at this point when you're, when you're already eliminated from the playoffs and you're on Monday night football and you're playing a guy who's, you know, it's his last hurrah in front of his home crowd. Like it's all about Ben and all about that moment. Like I just didn't expect this team to go in there very motivated. And that, uh, that showed early on in the game. Uh, it, it appeared like we weren't very interested in winning that game to be completely honest with you. There he is. Hey, there he hey, is. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Pretty good. I'm back. Um, Feels weird to be the only one at in the All Sports Cleveland studio. We can't all be Superman. <laughs> so we were just doing one word Wednesday. Okay. Um, My word was expected. Josh's word was two words, but it was hyphenated. What was it, Josh? Not hyphen unusual okay <laughs> um i'm just going with bye because i'm just gonna go with you know a little sign that's behind me <laughs> bye baker oh that's ah, awesome. i love it bye baker so let me just ask you straight up is that baker's last game as a cleveland brown uh, i'm gonna say yes okay I'm, I'm gonna say yes the the general feeling the general vibe I'm getting is that 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 was that was it. Like we're we're done here. Mm-hmm. And I I think the the response when asked about whether or not he's going to play this week prior to him being ruled out of him saying he's going to converse with his agent and his family and not you know Kevin Stefanski, Andrew Barry, Alex Van Pelt, coaching staff, people in charge of the team. I think right. that said a lot about where his uh, future is. Mm-hmm. I think that statement he made too about how he was. But- he's been trying to manage relationships throughout the year and all this stuff. It's just like, he's throwing like more excuses up there before he goes into the surgery. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm hopeful that it's his last game, but you know, that's assuming that there's a better alternative out there that we can manage to have on the field. Right. I don't know if the, if the Raiders make the playoffs this season, I don't think they're just going to be like, okay, we're going to trade Derek Carr. Like you've been suggesting, James. Like, I mean, that's possible. I mean, that things have definitely changed for the Raiders. I mean, yeah. we don't know where they're going to be like at. But again, uh, you don't know who the the quarterback next year is, is going to be. You know, who's going to be available? Because mm-hmm. uh, like a year ago, um, you know, credit to Jason Lloyd because he's made this exact point multiple times, and people have asked him who's going to be the quarterback of the Browns next year. The Rams had no idea Matthew Stafford was going to be available last year at this point. That's a good point too. Yeah, You don't, you don't know who's going to be available. And there's a, a good handful of quarterbacks who seem like they could be or may be on the move. Because you can 
let's throw Derek Carr in that mix, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan. All those guys could be gone and moved at some point or another. So those are all guys you have to at least look into. Jimmy Garoppolo is another guy that you have to even consider. I mean, I'm not even the biggest Jimmy G fan, but he's better than Baker right now. That was going to be my follow-up to what you were just saying is, like, out of that list, is there anybody on there that you wouldn't rather go. have over Baker? I'd yeah. I'd rather have all of them, yeah, to be frank. Like, I'm not very excited about Matt Ryan. You know, he's – Can you hear me? Tail end of his – Yeah, we got you, Jerry. Um, He's kind of on the tail end of his career. You know, I don't know how much he may or may not have left in the tank. But, like, at this point, I'd be way more excited about a Matt Ryan-led Cleveland Browns team next year than a Baker Mayfield-led team. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uncle Rico. Or Uncle Rico. (laughs) Would you take Uncle Rico, James? I don't care about that movie. Uncle Rico has been on the show for five seconds. They've been outdated for 15 years, okay? They were funny (laughs) maybe for, like, a week. And it's literally just been them beating a dead horse with that joke for every single time. I really don't think it's funny. But <clears throat> looking at uh, Matt Ryan, at least they were to bring Matt Ryan into the mix, he would be someone that already has established chemistry with Austin Hooper because up to this point, the signing of Austin Hooper has been a complete miss by this Disaster. team. Yeah. 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 And, you know, he was a signing I really wasn't for in the first place. Uh, How come? You know, to be fair, and it was just like – I'm like, okay, Austin Hooper's fine, but you guys are – you're not going to get what he did in Atlanta for, for no. multiple reasons. You know, Matt Ryan being a better quarterback than Baker being one of them. But I was never a fan of the signing because whenever you make someone the highest paid whatever at their position, chances are it's going to flop. Yeah, it, it's hard to live up to that expectation. And it, it makes sense. He also had Julio Jones, you know, and when yeah. you've got a when you got a guy like that, you know, that that takes up so much of the attention, like that's gonna make you a better tight end for sure. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Cause you have a wide receiver on the outside that's gonna take up maybe two two defenders. That's one less defender for you to have to worry about. Mm-hmm. Ideally, that would have been Odell Beckham Jr. here in Cleveland. Right. Obviously, yeah, ideally. I, I was watching some Odell Beckham. Uh, I watched like some of his highlights, and I'm like, "Where was this?" Oh, he was open. Baker just didn't throw it to him, or he threw picks, or behind him, or yep. to the wrong team. Uh, he, yeah. Odell's not doing anything spectacular in Los Angeles, but here's the thing: is that he's at least getting the ball thrown to him in his role. He's like the second, third guy in their offense. Right. So his, his numbers are very similar, and people are trying to hammer him for that. And like. He has a different role. Cooper Cup's the number one guy there. Cooper Cup's yeah. amazing. Right. I'd love me some Cooper Cup. Plus, yeah. he's scoring touchdowns. And regardless of whether he's putting up 100-yard games or not, like if you're getting in the end zone as a receiver, you're being very productive. Yes. Flat yeah. yeah. And as the, as the third option in that offense to, to have, what is it? Uh, he's up to, what, five touchdowns in six games? Or, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like it, it's, it's puzzling. It is, you know – but at the end of the day, it's not because, you know, it's the one common theme here is Baker Mayfield. So, yeah. And it's also with the Rams, like big Odell had to change his role a little bit because they had multiple wide receivers. And then one of their receivers, like the day Odell signed with them, they lost one of their better wide receivers to a torn ACL. I don't remember his name. Robert Woods. Yeah. Robert yeah. Woods. Robert Woods. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So, in that sense, Odell had to change his roles because 
Odell was going to be like the fourth or maybe fifth option on the Rams. I mean, he was never going to be the fourth or fifth option. It's just, it's a different type of role. It's a different type of receiver. Okay. So it's, he's still playing the X role. Okay. However, it's just, where is he going to be targeted in the processing department as the quarterback? Where Mm -hmm. is he going to be, I guess, look to, okay. Because Cooper Cup's going to be the primary target. Okay. Either way. I mean, not the same comparison, but think about uh, like 07, 08 Patriots. Who were the, who was the first target usually? It's going to be Randy Moss. Randy Moss. But all the dump offs, the short throws, the throws for the reliable guy were to Wes Welker. Okay. Yeah. Cooper Cup's playing Wes Welker type role, a little bit more downfield, but it's a similar concept. OBJ is a guy who thrives on space too. He's a good speed and space type player. And in that role, that X role uh, with the Rams, like he, he could be deadly. And, and, and he has been, you know, like, like I said, he, the numbers aren't huge, but like he's been deadly when they get down into the red zone and where it counts. So uh, to me, it's all the narratives that we all the questions that we had about Beckham not producing because of his behavior or the drama surrounding him or whatever. It's just that whole entire narrative has been destroyed. So yeah. every one of these journalists that was saying that it's not Baker and uh, you know, it's all OBJ and he's running the wrong routes and he's not no, where he's supposed to be. Like it, it was, it's just, it was Baker Pennington. You're giving him too much credit at calling him Chad Pennington, my friend. Yeah. You are you giving sure? him way too much credit. He had a couple good years with the jets. That's what, what I'm saying that. I mean, Baker's like that kind of guy. He's not bad, but he's not, he's not really that guy either. Okay. That's an interesting comparison there. And, and like Pennington. And at his best, I can see him at Hasselbeck. That's his potential at this point. No, no. Matt Hasselbeck went to a Super Bowl. Oh, well, yeah, true. I mean, he was part of the most rigged Super Bowl and arguably the most rigged Super Bowl in Super Bowl history. There's only one thing that Matt Hasselbeck and Baker Mayfield would have in common, and that's him saying something stupid on a coin toss prior to overtime. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Baker Mayfield would say something stupid like, we want the ball, we're going to score, then immediately throw a pick six. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> the only thing those two would ever have in common. Wait, they, they actually like have audio of those coin toss of them saying something stupid? Uh, Matt Hasselbeck, oh, yeah. the anniversary of the Matt Hasselbeck moment, I think it was like yesterday or two days ago. Yeah, that was recent. Against yeah, the Packers and like what was that? Oh five. Mm-hmm. There's so much of that footage out there too because of NFL films and stuff. It, I yeah. hope more of that stuff comes out. Yeah, I, it's I hilarious. Love that, kind of, that kind of content. Overtime. Yeah, it's hilarious. Where, uh, where? Who was the original one that? Uh, that I don't want to call it leak. It's not really a leak. But who's the one that posted that originally, James? The Hasselbeck thing. I. I can't I, remember where I saw it. It's been around ever since it happened because they had the, the close-up footage of it. Oh, okay, okay. Because that it was in overtime, so they had the, the camera next to him. Mm. And so he like leaned into the ref's mic and said, we want the ball, we're going to score. Then threw a pick six to Al Harris. Yep. Jeez, Louise. That was, I remember that. That was the Mike Holmgren Bowl. Yeah. So, Church, the only thing you missed out, we, we didn't get your one-word reaction to the game. So what's your one-word reaction? Uh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, I like that one word. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll uh, take that, it. That's my one word. Okay, cool. Well, we uh, got you all caught up to speed, though. Glad you're here, buddy. Yeah, I'm glad um, to be here. But uh, it was just why did the Browns go away from the run game? Like, 
Uh, Let's answer this real quick. Ten man box. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What What about the talk about maybe Stefanski uh, kind of exposing Baker? Do you think that there's anything to that narrative that maybe he was like, you know what? Fine, if the analytics say put him out there, like, and just like letting him show his weaknesses. Yeah, possibly. I think it's a. I don't know. I I don't know if Stefanski's that type of guy. Honestly, I don't I know why Baker doesn't have a surgery though. He's getting the surgery. That's why he's not playing week 18 against Cincinnati. Right. He's getting he's the surgery. It last week. Yeah, but Chubb at the time, even with the stacked box, James, he was still averaging seven. Yeah, he's got, he's got some good runs. The, the, if, yeah. If there's anything to criticize them for, it's the long stretches where Nick Chubb wasn't even in the game. I'm not going to criticize right, Nick right, Chubb right. in the ball. I'm going to criticize Nick Chubb not being on the field. That's yeah. that's what I think Josh and I were we, – we kind of were talking about that before the show. On, it's, uh, it's him not being on the field. And, like, listen, I love I love the Aaron Johnson. I think he's got a bright future. I don't think he's Cleveland, but he's not the same. Would right, he be part of the package the for a quarterback? What was that, Jerk? I think he would be a good part of a package to get a quarterback? Uh, a team isn't, isn't taking a running back to trade for a quarterback. Unfortunately, not in today's NFL. Yeah, um, unless you're trading them Nick Chubb, you're not going to get anything for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Is but, there any free agents? Free agent I, quarterbacks? I can pull up the list. It's not. Yeah, it's, not, it's underwhelming. It's about as exciting as the list of the draft quarterbacks. So. James, didn't you text Brian and I something the other day that like Van Pelt and Stefanski had like a verbal argument or something about it wasn't, it wasn't a verbal argument, it's a disagreement over. Um, I guess they spoke publicly, uh, in, in different um ways about whether or not the Baker's harness and injuries have been affecting his play. Mm. And with Van Belt uh exploring other opportunities, apparently looking to go somewhere else, I'm not surprised. Uh, that, you know, all this is kind of developing and coming out now. I mean, you know, classic Browns, um, you know, you know how it is December and Berea, usually mm-hmm. all bullshit comes in December. Well, I know it's January, but, um, anyways, I pulled up this, uh, this very wonderful quarterback list. Jerry, are you, are you ready? Chirk? Are you ready for this quarterback? list? I'm, I'm seeing it. It's not, it's, it's not good. Uh, we got Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor, Famous Jameis Winston, Jacoby Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota, Joe Flacco. Oh, MVP Mitch, Tim. Mm. Yeah, MVP Mitch. I, I'm. Uh, let's do it. Let's do it. He's a hometown hero. I think that could push him just for that reason alone. What? Yeah, you heard me. Um, did I? Did, did I really hear you? And he's been, had a Pro Bowl. Here we go with the Pro Bowls again. Guess got the Pro Bowl, man. Which Why yeah, have Pro Bowls? I think we have like five players that are in it. Why have? Yeah, but it's, it, what is the Pro Bowl though? Like, it, it, if you want to throw stats out there, throw out all pros or first team, second team, third team. You know that's yeah, that is real stats. Pro Bowls just prove you have a productive season. That's all it proves. What have the three? Not necessarily. What have the three of? Um, I'm trying. It's what? hard. It's backwards. It's <laughs> I'm trying to point at you, James. Anyway, what have the three of us said to you, Chirk? Pro Bowls do not matter. They're meaningless. Then why do they go there? A lot what of them don't. 
a lot of people don't even want to go. A lot of people don't go there, but players will go for performance bonuses or it's in their contract. Yes, they exactly. go to the Pro Bowl, they get they get like a hundred grand or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, they, it's why. or it's because it's like, hey, it's or it's the equivalent of NBA All Star Weekend. Yay! But it's here in Cleveland. Hawaii. Love a Hawaiian vacation in the middle of January. I would yeah. love to go to Hawaii right now. I think it's in Vegas this year too. I don't know why they're trying to like make it. Vegas, Miami, Hawaii, I don't care. It's it's not northeastern Ohio when it's, you know, 20 degrees outside. So sign That's me true. up. That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll give you that one. Um, so moving to segment two, because we don't have official commercials on this show since we're not <laughs> we're not at all sports Cleveland, but we'll we'll continue anyway. So the Bengals are playing the Browns this week in a game that means absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. But if the Browns lose this game, well, they pretty much already are guaranteed to finish in fourth place. But that means in addition to playing the AFC East and the NFC South, as well as their division, they'll be at the Giants, host the Broncos, and visit the Jaguars. Not bad. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll you take that. that every time, given the opportunity. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'll, guys, get... I'll be right back. Yep. So where, where's our so where's our draft pick going to fall? Like, let's just assume we lose next week. I, I believe right now, currently they're twelfth. So I'd probably imagine they probably stay there or maybe move up a spot or two. Do you? L- let me ask you this: Do you think it's possible that they trade up for a guy like Pickett? I don't. I don't think that's outside of the realm of possibilities. If they really like Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I, I I think it's definitely worth looking into. It might be the most feasible option at this point. Considering where they're at right now and considering that it's it's very clear, I, I don't think that Baker is going to be back here next year, whether they trade him or just straight up cut him, okay? Because right. um, it really seems like that relationship is very um, damaged. Damage. That's a good word for it. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's, you're going to be able to repair it. No. Um, that you, you got to explore that option, especially if the, the trade market doesn't develop or the trade market is not um, reasonable. Yeah. Do, do you, uh, the other thing is too, is like pipe dream. Best case scenario is Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Yeah. Um, what, what, what does an Aaron Rodgers move to Cleveland look like? What do you think it would take to to make that kind of you know that kind of miracle situation happen? Would we have to hemorrhage too much to to make that move happen? It, it, you would have to do a lot to make mm-hmm. that happen. You would have to trade right. multiple first, at least a second to in addition to a player, a quality player, a young one who doesn't cost a lot. In my opinion, it's like it, you have to ask: Can he win us a Super Bowl? And if they think he can, then then yeah, do it. But if you're not confident he's going to come in and win a Super Bowl right away, then like to give up that much, it's it's you know it's a lot. It's a lot to give up um, for a guy like Rodgers. So if the roster was sitting the way it was before the season started, compared to where it is now, I would be much more confident that that possibility. Right, but not now. There's going to be a lot of a lot of change in this off season for sure. There's going to be a lot yeah. of in the off season, but the fact that you know Odell's not here is really mm-hmm. going to impact whether or not a quarterback change leads you to the Super Bowl. I really don't think it does. So I think we need to be looking at is probably long-term picture here. Yeah. And if you could swing a short-term deal, let's say somehow Derek Carr still does become available, 
you, you try and do it to see if you can at least get a couple year window out of that. Right. <clears throat> yeah. You can still have a one or two year window to win. Right now. So. Okay. That window was closed just as quickly as it opened. Okay. I, no, I think it's still think. open. It's not open, Chirk. It's not. No. Uh, the window shut just as, as quick as it opened. Uh, you don't know who's going to be back here next year. There's a lot of guys that are probably going to be gone. Mm-hmm. And you got to look at it from the perspective of what players have little dead money, which players are going to want out, and which players are gonna, they're going to have to move on from. I mean, let's be real here. Uh, <clears throat> Jadavian Clowney's played better than I thought he would. Mm-hmm. He's played enough that some teams want to pay him like $30 million over two uh, over two years or 40 million over three years. And that's not a smart move by pretty much anyone, but that's right. the Browns. Uh, they got his, they got his value. That's great. And it's time for him to go rip some other team off for a lot of money because he is not going to replicate a seven sack season again. Well, he no. could get eight or nine. He's not going to, he's not going to do that, man. No. The church, he's he benefited a lot from having Garrett. Uh, he's benefited a lot from Miles Garrett. Yeah, because yeah. he's he's because what Jadavian Clowney is is he's the beta pass rusher, and that's fine. But someone's gonna pay him like he's an alpha pass rusher, and he's not. It's like the new Sean Ellis. <laughs> I mean, sorry about that dog. You remember him, James? He was a beta pass rusher. I remember Sean Ellis. Okay, but we're not talking about Sean Ellis. We're talking about Jadavian Clowney. Okay. Yeah, he uh, he played himself into a, a contract that we don't want to give him. Basically, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't I, I don't think it's worth paying him anywhere near the amount of money that he's thinking about getting after this. How, how would it be if the Browns did pay him? It would be a complete mistake and a complete debacle. Okay. Yeah, it would be this, terrible. This yeah. worked out perfectly for both sides. Let's be real. It did. Yeah, it, this is one of those moves where it's like you you take what you got and you be happy with it and you move on. And you know yeah. what the Browns did. Anyone familiar with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? They dentist system him, okay? Oh, yeah, they did. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's going to go find someone else to get, you know, he demonstrated his value. Okay. So he has value. Now, at some point, at the end, is separate entirely, okay? Mm-hmm. Now it's the time to separate entirely. It is. The, the dentist system has run its course. It yeah. Is. I mean, the only reason Clowney was effective in Houston much like here in Cleveland, he had J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless, and other guys who took the the brunt, if you will, of the opponent's offensive line, which freed him up to do what he did. Yeah. Here in He's Cleveland. He's always been a guy that rode other people's coattails. Exactly. He's never really been the alpha in any defense that he's been a part of. I agree with you on that one 100%. And coming out of college, they we definitely thought he was going to be that level of player, and he just never really amounted to it. Yeah, I mean, even when he had those two good seasons in Houston, you that I mean, he was like a. You you think he was a beta there? He was a beta there. Beta, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You look at that defense. It it had JJ Watt. It had Whitney Merciless. It had Brian Cushing, Vince Wilfork. I mean, that was a Jeez, really man. good defense. Look at that yeah. team now. When you name those players in that defense, it's like, ugh. That's how they got to the playoffs. Yeah, for sure, 100%. If it wasn't for them, they wouldn't be that good. Yep. Basically. Yeah, um, 100%. But, like, does this game have – so, sorry. The Bengals are actually trying to avoid getting swept by us 
after they swept both the Steelers and the Ravens for the first time since 2009. I think that's kind of hilarious that they won the division and they swept the two best, the two most notable teams in the division, yet they might get swept by the worst team in the division. Well, I can tell you that the Bengals don't care about this game because Joe Burrow isn't playing, okay? And so they basically waved the white flag on this game. And Mm -hmm. obviously the the, the Browns have too. You know, Baker's not playing, and Kevin Stefanski said anyone who's hurt isn't going to play in this game. So you can see, you know, Case Keenum and the practice squad all-stars taking on the Bengals, okay? And I think that's what we're going to see. Seeing the, you know, Brandon Allen and whoever else is a backup player on the Bengals taking center stage on Sunday. Yeah, from a gambling perspective, this is one of those games where everybody's just saying, don't touch it. Like, Oh, you don't touch this game. This is like a preseason game. It is. This is going to be as close to a preseason game and and a regular season game as we've ever seen. And it's unfortunate because this isn't what we wanted at the end of our season. You know what I mean? The first time we play 17 games in our last game is so meaningless. This is a a classic Browns final game of of the season special where the stadium's going to be like a third full. Nobody's going to care. And you're going to hear uh, just individual smart-ass comments coming from the crowd. Okay, yeah. that's going to happen. A lot of memes going to come out of that one. Yep. I feel like the stadium's going to be, like, mostly Bengal fans. They're not going to come up here to see the backups. No one's going to come. No, yeah. That's it not- will be as empty as, as it was last season. You'll, yeah, you'll see the weather people, sucked, so. You'll see people there, and it'll be people that uh, have season tickets, just want to get their money's worth. That's all it is. Mostly, or people who couldn't afford tickets when we had value, you know, that are going to take advantage of a cheap ticket. You know, that it's a it's a good opportunity for people who don't normally go to games to go to a game. And I think that's going to be a lot of what the stadium is. But, yeah, so, there's, there's nothing to be excited about surrounding this game at all. So, basically, we all agree this game has absolutely no meaning. No meaning. For either side, yeah. Yep. I mean, yay, it's the Battle of Ohio. Who cares? Yeah, I think with the 18-week season, we're going to see a lot more of this, too. Like, it's going to be a lot of teams at the end of their year that are just trying to get through the last week without guys getting hurt. And it's going to be really bad football. I think week 18 is going to be historically bad football uh, outside of the games that still have any meaning. You can get seats in the dog pound for 65 bucks. That's insane. Wait, 65 That's not that bad. Right. I'm That's asking. really cheap. Thinking about going now, just why not? <laughs> oh, God, no, I'm going from home. The hell with this. Yeah, I'd rather go to the save up for an all star game. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. That yeah, is in Cleveland. The only way you can get tickets for the all star game is through the NBA, you can't get them through the Cavs. So, even though you're like a partial season ticket holder, you don't get that sucks. No, I'm not a partial season ticket holder. Oh, you're not? You just no. go every single night. It feels like it, yeah. I'm actually. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm actually a partial season ticket holder for the monsters. Oh, okay. I got yes. you. Spending your money on where it matters. <laughs> no, but to, to get tickets to the All Star Games, it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, you, you got like ten grand hanging around. It yeah. sucks because I love NBA All Star Weekend. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, and uh, I don't know why. I mean, I'm a sucker for. Is it really ten time. grand? At least, like, it's really expensive, yeah. man. It yeah, was actually, really expensive even when they first started going on sale. It sucks because, like, who knows the next time it's going to be here in Cleveland? Uh, whenever they get a new stadium, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, mean, I think I know a way of how we could get there, but that's no nor here or there. What? Go on. I don't know if I could say it on here. We're on. We're on the internet, bro. You could say whatever the fuck you want. We're on our Facebook uh, page. Just, uh, just keep in mind Ohio, that Ohio Media School event, possibly? Question mark. No, there's no way they're gonna get tickets to that. No way. Uh, uh, media credentials behind the that. scenes. Interview some local artists. Uh, media, you might be able to get something like those outside the arena events. We might be able to. Get I, I'll take that. I'll take it. I'll take it. Media yeah. credentials for all star games and events like this are, are are put out like at least a year in advance. So yeah, you would already have one. So but that's a good goal, Chirk. Have, have your goal be to, to be at the next yeah, one. It, it, your best bet is just to go outside the, the game and hang out. That's your best way to interact with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. There's going to be a whole bunch of people down there. Yeah, it's going to be a party. Run into somebody notable at some point. Yeah, it's going to be a party. And you know what? Those events have been fun, too. Like, the, like when the Cavs were on the road uh, against Golden State, the, you could go watch the game in the stadium, or if you didn't manage to get a seat inside, you could watch outside the arena. Mm-hmm. I went to a couple of those outdoor viewings, and it was a blast, man. I mean, the energy was incredible. Everybody who was there was a diehard, you know, because you're standing in the street. Mm-hmm. It's just like for for a sports nerd, it's a really cool environment. So yeah. I think I, I I think I will plan on being there, Chirk. If you want to go, I'll go down there with yeah. you. Yeah. I yeah, was at the free, right? yeah yeah we'll plan on it man. That'd I was at fun. the game seven watch party against the Celtics in the comp- twenty eighteen conference finals. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, we're gonna stay on football, but we're gonna expand it out to just the AFC North. So obviously that was Big Ben's last home game, his last game presumably, unless the Steelers make the playoffs, which would require them to beat the Ravens. The Colts need to lose to the Jaguars. And and Steelers-Raiders can't end in a tie. If all that happens, the Steelers are going to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But presumably, Sunday will be his final game. So, in your opinion, what do you think Big Ben's legacy is? Hall of Famer. Not a great person. Both Uh, things you just said are true. Both, yeah, both of us, yeah, yeah. Great football player, not a great person. I think uh, what he's done on the field, especially as a Browns fan. I mean, when you look at his record against us, he's dominated us. You yeah. know, but but for being a guy who is an Ohio guy, you know, he's a Miami Red Hawk. He he's a guy that a lot of people in Ohio were rooting for quietly. You know. Um, it's unfortunate all of the things that happened surrounding him, but I mean, the guy's got a couple Super Bowls and he's had a great career on the field. So I think he's a Hall of Famer at the end of the day. Don't think looks like welfare, guy, but supposedly he's turned his life around and he's a different guy and blah blah blah. But you know, who knows? I I don't know him personally, so I'm I'm not gonna pass judgment on his character really. But on the field, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I will say this, even though he absolutely tormented the Browns and, you know, just pretty much just laughed at us every time we played against him. I personally enjoyed watching him play. I, I found it to be a pleasure to watch him. Um, just something about the way he plays quarterback of extending plays and not giving up on a play when it 
even when it's not there. I I enjoyed that. Yeah, he's a he's a sneaky good athlete for his size. Um and and he he does make some very exciting plays like despite his limitations, you know, like he he manages to be an exciting player. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with his legacy on the field, but off the field, I mean, we could have a whole entire show about, you know, reasons why he doesn't belong based off of character or what have you. But, uh, I don't know in terms of his legacy in, in Pittsburgh, I think that he, he's like the ideal Pittsburgh quarterback, you know, they couldn't have asked for any, any better of a career from him. Yeah. And the Browns had the opportunity to draft him. We could say that about a million guys. That's yeah. true. You yeah. can say about a million guys, but the Browns did send a group of their own wide receivers to go work out with him prior to the draft. I mean, yes. I feel like all those Maybe. good players would have just been good players in a bad system anyways if we would have drafted them. They would have just be first and first round and out playoff runs. So <clears throat> I'll get to that in a second. But even if we drafted the best Roethlisberger was under the impression that we were drafting him. Okay. Mm. Because they sent NFL roster guys to go work out with him. Right. And like I said, he's an Ohio guy. So everyone thought like, Oh, okay. This is going to be this generation's Bernie Kosar. He's the, yep. he's the local guy. He's going to come up. He's going to go be the dude. But as, as, as far as uh, guys being drafted on other teams that could have been drafted by the Browns, or oh, wouldn't have worked. I don't buy that argument. If the guy's good enough, he's good enough. If he's not good enough, he's not good enough. Unless the team's an expansion team, I don't. I don't put any stock into that argument. Yeah, that's I, valid. I'll give you that one. I agree. Like some of the guys, like you know, guys like McNabb, like those are like generational talents like that. They're going to bring the guys up to their level. You know, guys like. I honestly Kyle don't think McNabb would have been good, or if he was good, he would have been good, but not good. It, the, I feel like it could have been that, like the. One of those teams that goes to the conference, the conference uh, championships, but nothing. Yeah, but you have to remember every every great high drafted quarterback is going to a bad team, you know. So there are very few exceptions when that's when that's not the case, right? So to say that that he would be less successful in Cleveland as opposed to where he was drafted, they weren't in great position at the time he was drafted either. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't know how much of that you know it would matter. Um, I think that when you're great, you're great, and you kind of do bring people up to your level, especially when you're a quarterback. Yeah, not that Jared Goff is a great quarterback because we've seen he's not, but the Rams weren't didn't originally have the number one pick. They traded, they got it from the Titans in a trade. So just wanted to point that part out. Right on. Because we were talking about how, like, quarterbacks who get drafted high usually go to bad teams. So, Well, unless a team does some ridiculous trade, sure. I mean, you, you look at some of the trades that have happened. I mean, remember when Washington traded up to get RG3? I mean, Washington wasn't like a bad team. They traded up a, a ridiculous amount of draft picks to get there. Yeah. The, the Rams decided that they were going to troll the, you know, Washington by having every player they got in that trade be the captains for the next time they played. And that was hilarious. That was funny. Yeah, I loved that. Um, hey, the Eagles did the same thing when they traded with us to get Carson Wentz. So what do we think is the future of the AFC North at this point? Uh, the Bengals won the division. Uh, are, are they the new uh, 
I, do we see them sustaining uh, what's their window of opportunity looking like? Do you think they can win a Super Bowl this year, if not this year, next year? I, I don't think this year. I, I think it's definitely uh, it's their their window is open is what this is. Because mm-hmm. you see they have a quarterback who's on on his way to being in that elite category. They have just dynamic offensive weapons. You look at Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, even Tyler Boyd's a very productive receiver. He gets forgotten yeah. a lot. Then I mean, Joe Mixon's still a pretty good running back. Their obvious deficiencies offensively is the offensive line. That's something they yeah. have to address, and yeah. I imagine that they will. They'll sink draft capital and free agent capital into that. Didn't, didn't and, they have like a first-round pick, Billy Price? Billy Price is terrible. He yeah. is. Billy Price is bad. Uh, if there's anything to, to to knock on the Bengals, I guess, is that they're not afraid to take Ohio State players, but their ability to properly evaluate said Ohio State players when they take them is not very good. Mm. Uh, it, it's it's funny. You look at the Bengals roster, it is from top to bottom filled with just former Buckeyes. It's kind of funny. Um, it, you're right about that. It, it yeah. always is. It always is. Yep. Uh, but – they have some work to do, but they're a team definitely on the rise. As far as the future of this division, it's Bengals and Ravens with Steelers and Browns at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. I think uh, I think Burrow's taken over as the guy, though. I think he's uh, and, passed Lamar. And what about Jonah Williams, too? Okay. What? The, the, what? what about what I just said? Does anybody think that's an unfair statement to say no, that? No, I don't think so. I think Joe Burrow has – taking the torch from, I would say, Big Ben in terms of being the top quarterback in this division and just run away with it. Lamar is going to be in that mix, sure, but I just think Lamar relies too much on his legs. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think it's a little off balance, if you will. Whereas it's hard to sustain uh, as that at that level of play as a quarterback who relies heavily on the run game, it's, it's hard to sustain and stay healthy. You know, we, there you go. We saw it with uh, any number of, you know, mobile quarterbacks. RG3. Burrow, Burrow, what he's doing in spite of that offensive line is incredible. Like if they really shore up that offensive line and give him more time, it's terrifying to think of the numbers. He'll yeah. And- he's putting up numbers this year with hardly any help on the offensive line. And, James, you were talking about their offensive weapons with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. You forgot their tight end, Uzama. He's been doing playing well for them. C.J. Uzama's good, too. But, I mean, is he is he getting headlines when you talk about the Bengals? He's not. No. It, it, it's, it's, Chase, it's Chase and Higgins. You know, uh, the best Higgins in the division, by the way. Yes. Um, like the Ravens have the best Hollywood in the division. Just yes. so everyone knows. That's come fair. on no you can't even no. argue that one jerk i'm 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 sorry uh, rashard higgins is not gonna be on the browns next year it's it's done yeah I he is so. i hope so if he is i'm tired of it it's just... it, no you, you don't want to see it you don't want to see the higgins dance no the, the hollywood the with no Baker doing uh no no stop jerk. stop Look, he was agent for how long this year before the Browns gave him a pity contract? Come on. Mm-hmm. Look, I was, I was a big Rashard Higgins supporter after what he did last year. Nah. It, the the problem is, is that this is what Browns fans do: is they take average players who perform slightly <laughs> better 
<laughs> most of the regular trash that's on the team. And then they, they deify them and ma- make them into these like stars. But it's like, just cause you're the best player on a bad team. Like it's, you know, it, what are you really saying? You know what I, I mean? mean? This, this verse this year it's, you know, and last year it's Rashard Higgins and David Njoku six years ago, it was Duke Johnson and Gary Barnage. Okay. Yep. It's mm-hmm. they're, they're average players on, on not good teams. Yep. And when the talent level gets brought up around them, they get exposed as being not special. Yeah. Special. We've seen it uh, in the NBA with uh, the Cavs and Colin Sexton. Bingo. So we've seen it, you know, there's plenty of examples of it. So, so yeah, I would agree. I think this is the Bengals division to lose now. Um, The Browns are probably going to be at the bottom of the division per couple of years to come. I don't think it's on Stefanski though. I think he's a good coach. Um, in that respect, I think him winning uh, coach of the year, maybe it was because it was of our, it was mostly because of our run at the end of the year, but still, I think he's a good coach, but yeah. You the, know. Problem, the, the question is, is how much power does he have over the, the analytics? You know what I mean? Like, some decisions, uh, I'm wondering if if they really give Stefanski the power to say, you know what, even though the numbers say this, like in this moment, I don't feel it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they've kind of handcuffed him a little bit, in my opinion. I That's just my perception of it. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, we kind of talked about this on our other show, um, but we all, we all agree, like, Baker Mayfield was not Kevin Stefanski's guy. Baker Mayfield was not Andrew Barry's guy. Baker Mayfield was John Dorsey's guy. Baker Mayfield wasn't even Hugh Jackson's guy. What does that say? Right. I mean, as far as Hugh Jackson's guy is, I mean, that changes depends on who you talk to and what day of the week it is, okay? So yeah. he'll always tell you he wanted somebody else who happens to be better than what he has. Well, oh, he man. says he wants to be – well, if he's, like, part of the coaching crew. Who? Hugh Jackson. Forget him. He can go film some Mr. Hero commercials. I don't care. <laughs> Anyways, as far as Baker is concerned and what, you know, Kevin Stefanski, like you, like you said, he's not Kevin Stefanski's guy. There, I don't put a lot of blame on Kevin Stefanski for the failures of this season. He hasn't been as good as he was last year. I mean, that's just a fact. But ask him to be as good as he was last season is just not fair. I mean, Stefanski was about as close to perfect as you can get, and he maximized a very limited quarterback in Baker Mayfield to perform at a level that he's never going to again. Like, that was it. That's all you're going to see. If Baker ends up being good, then I'm saying that's the system every time. I mean, that's that's what it was. He has the best run in this system. Stefanski was brought in to maximize Baker Mayfield. He accomplished that in year one. When you Mm -hmm. do that year one, there's nowhere to go but down. I agree. Why with you. is that? Because a maximum's yeah. the top. You yeah. Pass the top. Yeah. Could have improved. You can't stay on max. Max is max. Yeah. When you win coach of the year, you can't, you know, there's no award above that. Exactly. And the Super Bowl. Chirk, think about this. The Browns came out and they had success with a certain game plan. Do you really think opponents of the Browns next? This season, we're just going to be like, okay, we're going to let them use the same game plan. Hell no. They're going to be like, no, we're taking away what you do best. Go beat us a different way. Have they shown that they can do that? 
Nope. Right. And a lot of that's on the quarterback. It really is. Pretty much all of it, yeah. Because we've been in position to win games. How many times did we see it this season where Baker had the ball in his hands late in the game with a chance to tie it or take the lead? I, it's four or five. At and least, you know. He's, yeah. He's over. So what, where else do you put the blame, you know? Because you, when you're in a position to win late in a game like that, like you, the guys around you are doing their jobs, you know, I, I don't know. It's just like. Yeah. We're only ever going to get as far as Baker can take us if he's going to be our guy, and I don't think that he's capable of doing any more than he did last year. I, we sound like such typical Browns fans complaining about this team. It's it's kind of funny in that regard. I'm not complaining. I'm evaluating them at face value, and at face value, they're not good enough. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, but like this is this is a team that should have won. Like this should have been a team that was playing for the division. And, you know, I, it's just been a huge disappointment. So it's not the typical complaining about Browns being bad because the Browns are always bad. Like they're the, the, about out of retirement. Now it's, you know, we Andrew. had expectations and we didn't meet those expectations. So it's a little bit different. At least the expectations are there now. Wait you a minute. The- wait a minute. Chuck, did you just really break Hold up? On. Break, did you really just break up breaking Andrew Luck out of retirement? Yes, I did. And not again. We're not no, we're not entertaining this again. No, we're just gonna move he, on. He, he's still good, and he still got stuff left in the tank. When's Why last he, time he played? Huh? When's last time he played? It's been about a couple of years. But, yeah, but so one once, year not playing football, not being in football shape, not having football conditioning, and he's over the one, Once you remember something, you never forget it. That's what they said in the longest yard. Andrew this is not the longest yard. This is not a movie. Andrew Luck retired in August of 2019. Yeah, if he wanted to be playing, he'd be playing. That's the other thing. To think that he would want to come to the Cleveland Browns of all places. <laughs> I mean, well, he played with the Colts. Two, I believe the Colts still have his rights, so that's yeah. another problem. Right. Yeah. And yeah. also, the reason he retired is because the Colts' offensive line was not good, and he kept getting hit after hit after hit. And he just couldn't take Look it. Look at the Browns. We got a good offensive line. Andrew what the hell happened to Baker Mayfield on Monday, dude? He got destroyed. Huh? Dude, he got sacked nine times. Got hit like another ten. Yeah, yeah, he got destroyed all day long. Yeah, you can't say we have a good offensive line after Baker Mayfield got sacked nine freaking times. Nine. <sighs> Some of that's Baker holding the ball too long. A lot of it is. A lot of it is. A lot of him's not making the proper read. But, right. you know, when they're forced to play James Hudson and have him block T.J. Watt, uh, mm-hmm. you're in trouble. Yeah, it's interesting <laughs> to look at how many sacks Burrow has had and how many sacks Baker has had because the offensive line situations is completely different. But they have the same numbers, and it's because he just can't make decisions quick enough. He holds the ball too long. Even with the best offensive line in football, you know, he's, his sack numbers are going to be up there. Yeah, Joe Burrow's been sacked 51 times this year, which Baker's. is the most in the league in 16 games. Yeah. Wait, you said, uh, you said Burrow's got more? Burrow has been sacked more, 51 times. I think uh, – so 51 times in 16 games. Hold on. And Baker's been sacked 43 and 14. Right, so just about the same exact pace, you know. Yeah. 
Uh, and to think uh, if Baker was playing behind that line in Cincinnati, how many would you have? It would be horrendous. Right, right. So that's why I think I'm even more impressed with Burrow this year. You know, like when you look at that stat right there, like, I don't know. He's just super impressive. I, I think that he's the class of the division now for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I mean. I think him and Herbert are are going to be the the Manning and Brady of the future in the NFL, really. I think that they're both going to be around for a long time and they're going to put up crazy numbers. Yep, and then the Dolphins will just be sitting off in the corner like, why did we not take Justin Herbert? Why did we take Tua? I mean, Tua coming out of college was what was the man. Tua coming out of college had a hip issue. Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah. And he has no arm power. Yeah, yep. he's got a limp noodle for an arm too, even when he's healthy. So he's he's got plenty of limitations himself. The only reason the Dolphins won seven consecutive games is because of that defense. And also, they didn't really play any way of note in that stretch from what I can remember. Um, I'd have to go back and look at their schedule. But once they played a legit team in Tennessee. They were exposed, yeah. Yep. Well, I yeah, think the Dolphins are probably in the, in the same class as the Browns are in terms of uh, ability and, you know, where they're at. They're an average team that's not special. Right. And that is an obvious limitation of quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. – we're in the same spot as they are, which kind of stinks. But let's see, this Dolphins run. Texans, Ravens, Jets, Panthers, Giants, bye week, Jets, Saints, and they lost to the Titans. Yeah, yeah that's so- – like I said, nobody of note. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ravens are probably the best team they beat in that stretch. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, but the Ravens, yeah, they yeah, they played Lamar, but still, Lamar didn't quite look right in that Thursday night game. So. I would agree with that. Any Hooters. Um, Ooh, huh? Huh? <laughs> I just heard you say Hooters. That threw me off a little bit. <laughs> I love it. Well, wouldn't that be here? Wouldn't that be uh what's the place called here in Cleveland? It's similar I to that. No idea what you're talking about. Christie's Anyway, Camp. we're just gonna That's move on. Club. That's a different thing. <laughs> oh Hooter <laughs> serves food, uh, good like it's a family establishment. Yeah. We're just gonna move on. Let's just uh, pretend we didn't Crispy have that. cream donuts is what I said. That is not what you said. And you're just making <laughs> – you're, you're just alluding to something else with that response. Uh, I gotta love being on – streaming on the internet where you can have free range. Yep. It is nice to be able to let loose a little bit. Yes. Um, But let's switch gears to the Cavs. They lost a heartbreaker last night against Memphis. Um, it's like they love doing that to specifically me of going, hey, let's make this game as stressful as possible. Nice change of hat. <laughs> Part of the problem is that it's early January. There's no such thing as a heartbreaker in early January. It, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a regular season game too early in the year. You know what I mean? 
Like, they, yeah, it sucked. They lost, but I wouldn't call it a heartbreaker, you know. They, and not only that, but, you know, when you look at Memphis, they've been like the feel-good story of the NBA this year, really. You know, they're, they're playing really good ball right now. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, it's not the worst loss is all I'm trying to say. It wasn't, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I just feel – it was still annoying because it feels like the Cavs enjoy stressing me out. Well, part of the problem, I think, is that they don't – they they aren't closing out games. You know, they're struggling to close out games. And so, I think we're going to see a lot of games like that in the future. Yeah, I I understand that. And my biggest problem with them uh, – and this is partially because of injuries. We lost Rubio for the season. We lost Sexton, which has actually been a blessing in disguise. But still, we have a we have no guard depth on this team. We, we is, got Rondo. I knew you were going to say that. Rondo's nothing, man. Come on. You know but, I was about to say that, didn't you? I knew you were going to say that. I mean, they're, they're going to play him like 20 minutes a night, I saw. But, I mean, he's not going to be providing – anything of note really anything of substance Lamar Steve I mean I, I would rather see more Goodwin than see more Rajon Rondo I like upside there yeah I like Goodwin actually he's been playing decently in the couple games he's been in it, he needs to improve his shooting because his shooting's been abysmal but I'd rather see more of him than than see heavy Rajon Rondo minutes because we know what he is and he's a player on the down downwards ends of his career here yeah Let's be real here uh, he's Rondo's currently having like the worst season of his career. Yeah, we acquired him, and we're gonna plug him in to play more minutes now than he has all season. It's right. that's like a, a a good fit or a good replacement for Rubio. It's, that's a the desperation move for a team that was looking to get rid of him. Because I mean, shit, the the Lakers immediately got rid of Denzel Valentine as they turned the yeah. trade into a three team or sending him to the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a roster dump. And whenever you're getting a player like that, it's hard to get too excited for it. But in terms of like, it, they needed to sign a point guard. So like, yeah, they got a body. At least they're adding some depth there. But you know, he he's at the end of his career. He's old. He's not going to be playing any significant minutes. So to expect that to just like fix the problem, it's definitely not going to. But it's at least a step in the right direction, I guess. Yeah, it is. And. You said on our previous show, Brian, you think this is the Cavaliers like leveling off and like falling into place. Mm -hmm. You know, even if they stay at number six, which I could see them staying it stick I could see them staying in that range or going a little bit lower, but somewhere in that range, that's fine. Like They've already me. shown improvement already. Their their record is better than last season. Exactly. Right. But, but right now they're regressing. They're on a downward slide, and they're really lacking depth. Mm-hmm. So it's a different situation now than it was. At you know, so to expect anything other than regression for at least this the near future would be foolish. You know, this is a team that has overperformed expectations since day one this season and now we're without a lot of guys like yeah we're we're gonna probably get a little bit of a reality check and and probably a little bit of a leveling off process is gonna happen yeah i, I mean, understand I still, I still think we're gonna go to the playoffs sure but when 10 teams get in you know it's like yeah playoffs are play in tournament right I'll, yeah they consider that playoffs at this point technically I'll consider yeah. it season i won't consider it playoffs yeah season, not playoffs 
Fair I enough. Was, I'll give I'll give you that one, James. I get I get the difference on that. So are they, they're calling it a play-in tournament, technically, aren't they? Yeah. yeah so whatever. Postseason, yeah. not playoffs. That's the way I see it. But yeah. what we're seeing out of the Cavs is we're seeing a we're seeing just a team that doesn't have it. You're seeing a team that's that that lacks talent, that lacks depth. That like, yeah, some of these guys were playing really good early in the season, but now mm-hmm. that the calendar flipped to the next year, which is essentially where I said, don't pay attention to basketball till now because it really doesn't matter. This you is know. when teams separate themselves. This is when you find out. And the Cavs have lost four of their last five games. Right. Okay. Which is one one. Still one one. Okay, so you know one four. That's a it's a very great ratio. Mm. Yeah, that's wins to losses. That's an amazing ratio. And like I I feel like I'm the biggest Cavaliers fan in yeah, the group. The Pacers too, and they suck. Anyway, um, like I feel like I'm. In my opinion, it seems like I'm the biggest Cavs fan of the group. I know Turkey you want to dispute that, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I think we all probably would, but <laughs> we know you think you're the center of the universe, so go on. No, I actually don't. I'm, I'm not a sh- – I don't try to make myself a show off anyway. Yeah, I'm just fooling with you. <laughs> go on. Anyway, um, as much as I love this team, and they are my favorite team in all of sports, bar none, yeah. I have to, like, take a br- bit of a reality pill, if you will, like – you know, maybe I did get a little bit too overexcited about them at the beginning of the season because I saw, you know, what they were doing. Like, at one point, I think they were a top three seed in the Eastern Conference. And, yeah, they 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 appear to have been a bit of an overachiever. But I a would – Okay, a lot. Right. Yeah. So, I'm willing to concede that part of it. Yeah, it, but th- this is kind of exactly how we, we said it would play out when we were talking about it. You know, it was we we talked about the numbers and that they were the best team against the spread in the NBA. And what that means is that your team is overperforming expectations. And that happens to every team. You see that every single year. There will be a team early in the season that gets off to a hot start. They'll get overrated because it's unimportant games early in the year. And then they have a reality check. And I think that's what's happening here. I think we'll find out that this is a very average team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, like you guys were saying earlier, Rondo, we need to get someone because losing Rubio was a big piece of the puzzle. Especially like, with him playing some of the best ball of his career. You know? Yeah. But what I what I do like is, you know, somebody who gets injured like that, they could have said, okay, I'm – Bye, see ya. Rubio's still staying, like, continuing to be around the team and still, like, providing that leadership. Obviously, he's not going to be able to do much, but I like that aspect of it. Right. I mean, that's great, but it's not going to translate to wins on the court. Yeah, I know. That's the only thing. You know, it's great, but – and you also have to look at, I mean, what he was – and what he was was he was trade he was going to be trade bait later in the year. Mm-hmm. You know? So for him sticking around and stuff like that's great. But like I, I think the writing's on the wall with Rubio, and it was always that he was kind of a mercenary here. Maybe yes, maybe no. 
No, he was. That's how it's playing out anyway. Yeah. He, yeah. he was going to be just someone that, you know, they were going to end up trading because someone was going to offer them something of value, a draft pick. Right. Or a shooting guard that we need. There are a lot of things we need that we could have used him to dangle uh, in front of. So, yeah, I think I, – I don't know. To me, the writing was on the wall before he got injured. It's a bummer, but I still didn't anticipate him finishing the year as a Cavalier. Mm. Yeah. So, you think Kevin Love is not – by that logic, you're – I'm assuming you're also going to say Kevin Love is not going to finish the year as a Cavalier. I don't think I'm going to take on that contract. That's the problem. Yeah, I don't know. Ricky Rubio and Kevin Love's about $20 million. So. Right. Okay. I like what I've seen from Love. I, I think he's playing well right now. Um, so I, I do think that he's he's shown some things. Like, I'm, I'm happier with Love now than I was at the start of the year. So there's more of an argument to be made now for keeping him around, but just not, not at that value. Like, I, I right. don't think we can justify giving him that kind of money. So – Unfortunately, yeah, I think that that I still think he might finish the year as a Cavalier. Unfortunately, but I'm hoping that they at least get something for him because I don't want to see them let him just slide, slip away for nothing. I looked up his contract. Uh, Rubio was under contract for 17.8 million this year. Loves under for 31 plus, uh, 28 plus next year. So you gotta look for someone to be taking on a very large. Uh, portion of money to take on love and that means you're giving away assets to do that yeah so, uh, right. i imagine love is here this year and through next year and if they trade him be during next season mm-hmm. okay um so right now i think we can all agree that garland and mobley are our two best are our two best players but other than Garland and Mobley, who would you say is the most important player for the remainder of the season? Is it Jared Allen? Jared Allen. Jared Allen. That's Jared Allen. That, yeah. that guy's getting close to 20 points per game and possibly could make an all-star break. I, I think he's a better player than Garland, personally, at this point. At this point. You think he's an all-star, guys? I don't know who the other all-star centers are. but Yeah, he's playing like it. Yeah. I don't know about all-star center – all defensive um, team, at least. I meant correction. I meant all star starter. But he's definitely a guy that's overperforming expectations. I mean, he he's playing way beyond what anybody thought. Yeah. What's the format for the all star game? They still doing that draft crap. They're still doing that draft crap. Then he's not going to be picked. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay. I forgot they were doing that. Because if what? they're doing what that, are they doing? They're not going to play center starting line. Yeah, they're still doing the whole Team LeBron against Team Giannis. For- I don't care about I, – I hate that aspect. It's terrible, number one. Number two, it, what that does for someone like Jared Allen, it prevents him from ever being an all-star starter. Okay? Yeah. He won't be. Nope. It's a, it's a club, you know, and, and the, those guys are always going to pick their, their boys, you know, regardless of play throughout the year. And that's why we don't look at things like all-stars and Pro Bowls and stuff because we know that there's – there's always guys that get there that don't belong, and there's always guys that don't get there that should have been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of lifetime achievement awards given out at all-star games. Oh, uh, 100%. Um, a lot of older players that they're just trying to give credit for for a career's worth of work, and a lot of young people that had really great years don't see 
you know, the All-Star game because of it. So. And sometimes you even see that with end-of-season awards. I mean, uh, Derek Jeter is a perfect example of this. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. He got way too many gold gloves for his caliber of defensive shortstop. He had way too many All-Star games. But because he was a shortstop for the Yankees, that gets you a lot. Gets you a lot of cash in. Yeah, great player. Don't don't. I don't think yeah. anybody's trying to say he's not a great I'm player. He's a great yeah. player, but he got a lot more accolades than he should have. One hundred percent. There were definitely better shortstops in the league defensively than him. <laughs> yeah, legacy is a big part of it. So I got what you're saying. So they're yeah. kind of just like milk and all stars, right? Some sometimes that's what you see. You know, there's there's any number of reasons that guys get there that shouldn't. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. <sighs> anyway, I guess we'll move on to just regular NBA stuff. So we know that Kyrie's coming back for just road games, which I think the Brooklyn Nets are total cowards for this move in the first place. But uh, we also know that Clay Thompson is coming back on Sunday against us. Good timing. I yeah. know. Ter- perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to get into that whole debate because I know I lost that debate. So, not even going to bring it up. Anyway, who do you think is going to have the bigger impact in their return, Clay or Kyrie? Well, I'll answer your question with a question. Who's playing all of their games? Fair enough. It's yeah. Clay. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a loss for us? A hundred percent. What guys think? Warriors? They're the best team in the NBA. Like, yeah, we were always going to lose to them. Yeah, they're they're gonna clown the Cavs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you you ever play two K on on rookie and just shoot threes the entire game to win by seventy? That's what's going to be. Yeah, dropped forty on us last game. He'll probably drop fifty burger on us this time. Clay will probably shoot lights out. Clay will probably go like six to ten from three, score like twenty five points in like a twenty five minute game because they're yeah, not going to play in a limited capacity. So yeah. he'll, he'll just be lights out from off the bench. And I mean, you don't know. Garland could surprise you. I mean, look, <laughs> look. I tried space. to make the argument that we could have won in the first go around against Golden State. But only be, and my argument was, yeah, we were up 22 to nine and, or whatever it was. And the only reason we lost was because we had a lack of depth, but. We just weren't going to do this. I thought we weren't doing this. Yeah, I thought we weren't doing this. You just said you weren't going to get into it. And then you got into it. Here's my thing. I'm saying that was my argument, but I'm dropping that argument. I'm not going to, like, try and make it again. That's what I was trying to say. Never mind. Forget it. Forget it. We're just going to move on. Clay's going to – what? I said smart. Yes. I'm smarter, Coles. Speaking of smart, that's who the Cavs need. Marcus Smart? How does Marcus Smart help them? Defensively. Okay. That's not their problem. True. (laughs) <laughs> True. He he's, a combo guard. he's a combo guard. So that could also work out. So so bringing lesser Colin Sexton who can't score is the answer to you? Well, he could score. Marcus Smart can't. can't score. No, he can't. It, it, now, now, if you were to say and propose they should bring in Scary Terry, then I'll have a conversation. 
Mm. Yeah. I yeah. Would like that. I would love that actually. We're, we're talking about former Celtics. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're talking he, about Shaker Heights own. Yeah. Oh, he's, scary Terry. Yes. Yeah. Terry Rozier is from Shaker. Yes, I would I would entertain Scary Terry. I would not entertain Marcus Smart. Yes. At the same rate, though, I don't think that Kyrie's uh, return is is not going to be impactful. I think that it'll still have uh, an impact on the year. Just obviously with him playing in a limited capacity and only playing half the games, like mm-hmm. it's not going to be as much. But um, in terms of like the Nets, like it was the right move, if you ask me. They need they need Kyrie in that lineup to be the team that they thought they were. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now, Chicago's the number one team in the East, and I don't think that's a fluke. I think this Bulls team is actually really good. Um, I don't think they're overachieving like the Cavs are. Um, Yeah, they brought it. Yeah, they have to bring in, like, DeRozan and Lonzo, but you could see it at the end of the season with just Levine and Vucevic. They were putting something together. Uh, are the Bulls good? Sure. Are they the number one team in the East good? No. Okay. Uh, you, you look at every other team that should be above them when it's all said and done. You, you have them listed here, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Milwaukee Miami. Miami yeah. Get them being out of them. Yeah. Uh, I think Chicago is probably a good solid four seed, honestly. I, I, I think they're going to fall back just a bit because I, I think they've been very good. Again, I think they're, they've been overachieving. Okay. Um, Lonzo's a good player. He's not this good. Uh, how long can you survive off of DeMar DeRozan uh, game-winning threes that are ridiculous? You can't survive off that. There's a word it's called unsustainable. It's unsustainable. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I do. I, I agree with you to an extent, Josh. I think that they are a good team. I think that they they were always going to be in the conversation for being like a, a top-five team in, in the East. Um, but I'm not ready to put them ahead of, of Brooklyn or Milwaukee yet. Um, Miami, I, I still think that Miami's ahead of them too. Yeah, I see them as a four or five, honestly. I, I just can't see them finishing in front of either of those three teams. Okay. So, so I'm kind of with you, and I'm, I, I'm somewhere in the middle between James's take and your take. So, so if we're ag- – so it sounds like for the most part we're in agreement about who the top four are, like Brooklyn, Miami, uh, Chicago, and Milwaukee. Maybe not in that exact order, but in some arrangement. Am I right, or do I? Am I a little bit off? I would agree with that. Agree. Okay. So who do you think the other like top teams in the East are? Is there anybody? In terms of like who would finish in front of them, who 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 do I? No, think? just overall. Uh, I want to say Boston, but I I don't know the Bulls. That's what we're talking about. I mean, I like we said, other than Chicago, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Miami. Who are the other top teams in the East that you would consider to be like a contender? Philly. Philly. Yeah, Philly. I want to agree with you about Philly, but the whole Ben Simmons thing scares me. They're going to trade Ben Simmons at some point to get something to actually have a player on that roster and not just a waste of a roster spot. Yeah, I think they're going to be trending upward as we're trending downward. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Josh, the team I say is a dark horse is right behind you and that flag. The, the Cavs? Of course you said the Cavs. Taco Fall MVP? Of course. NBA Finals MVP? Probably not, but for my sure. eyes, yes. <laughs> you still got to take the teams that are currently 7 through 10 seriously. because That's why we lost the Memphis I think they've underachieved. Right there. I don't want to be a total wet blanket about the Cavs, though, like because the Cavs are like this team is exciting and it's fun to watch. Like yeah. the injuries suck. Like the, the situation we're in now sucks. But yeah. like, when this whole team is healthy, like there's a lot to be excited about and there's stuff to build around here. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't want to like have this whole entire segment be me just saying that the Cavs stink because that's not what I'm saying. And, um, and but I think that they they have to grow. They have they need more pieces. They they are in the process of trending up, you know. But I don't think that they're ready to enter that playoff conversation. I still think they're they're a play-in team. I'll give you that. But again, being a play-in team is still a step in the right direction for oh, this. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I agree with that. I still think there are a handful of teams that are below the Cavs that you have to at least take seriously. Uh, you know, the Wizards, the Hornets, the Raptors, Celtics, even the Knicks and Hawks, you can't just dismiss yet. I mean, there there's still enough talent on those teams that you yeah, can Yeah, it's early. It's really early. Yeah. Again, maybe I was getting ahead of myself. I'll I'll say that. But you made a good point and it, it, you had the teams listed here too, you know. You you pretty much read our minds. So <laughs> It's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, I feel like the Cavs are kind of this year's Atlanta Hawks from last year. In a way. I just don't think we'll have that level of success. Sure, but in ter- but did anybody peg the Hawks to be even a top five seed going into last year? I don't think so. Right. I see your point. So, in that regard, yeah. Are they going to make the same run the Hawks did to the conference finals? No, I don't think so. I think it's the team we played last night that's similar to Atlanta, in my opinion. Ah. I'd say we're probably closer to last year's Hornets team than we are to the Hawks. I would agree with that. Like, even even this year's Hornets team, like, I think we'll finish really close to – I think that they might finish ahead of us still, but I think that that's a, a reasonable, like, comparison. I got gotcha. you. In terms I, of, like, where each team is at in the process of trying to build, you know, a contender, I think we're, like, right at the same level. I think yeah. at the end of the day, though, they, like, they've got the best player to be excited about. Lamelo. Yeah, I think he's the real deal. Um, so, in terms of that, like – I don't know that there's anybody on this like Mobley. Mobley's gonna he might be a guy, but other than him, I don't think that we have anybody with that kind of star power. I think Garland could develop into something like that. He could. I mean, I, I saw a stat yesterday. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it, it had Garland in elite company about what he's been doing this season. Uh, yeah, I find it. Oh, I found it here. Uh, at the moment, Darius Garland is the youngest player to ever average 19-plus points per game on 55-35-90 splits, and only one of three other players to do it. Uh, the other three, the other two players are Stephen Curry and Kyrie Irving, and they were aged 27, 28, 29, and 32. Wow. Darius Garland's 22. Wow. So 
impressive company. I mean, it's kind of just kind of cherry picking some stats there, but still, it's impressive. Yeah, the, those are it's those are impressive numbers, but a, a lot of it too is how much of it is because of the injuries and things too. You know, like yeah, he he's going to take a a larger share of the stats um, when those players are out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really excited about Mobley, man. I, I mean, he had some blocks in last night's game that are just like uh, he's really growing defensively, and, and uh, I think if if he can tighten up, you know, some areas of his game, like he he'll be in that Embiid conversation one day. Like I think he's going to be that good. Yeah. Um. So I guess we already kind of answered the question. This question, but. Because we said the Grizzlies have been the most surprising team in the West. Um, did we really answer the other question about who's been the su- most surprising team in the East? Well, it's the Cavs. We would need yeah, to. Yeah, it's yeah. the Cavs. I think we're all in agreement there. Yeah. The Wizards uh, were. <laughs> I could also make Cavs. an argument for the Bulls. The Bulls, too, yeah. I mean, the Bulls were, were kind of, you know, they they had a, a foundation there. I mean, there was yeah. there were expectations for, for that team. So them being good is not necessarily surprising. There were no expectations. No, there was team. no I, – I, I beg to differ. I think the Bulls' expectations were to be the middle of the pack. But they Which still had – higher than ours were. They were higher than ours. Ours right, were right. – you're still going to suck. Right. Yeah. And they're in the playoff picture currently. Yeah, the most bold predictions for the Cavs were like thirty to thirty-two wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was considered bold. Bold. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Charles Barkley on their like bold predictions thing for the beginning of the season show on NBA or on TNT said the Cavs are going to make the playoffs. So, I mean, that that's one person. I mean, it's just you, you look at uh, you look at the Cavs. I mean, they were they were projected, I think, like dead last on like bleacher reports like future power rankings okay yeah. the perception of this team was not good the per- i mean yeah. and some of that's warranted and some of it was warranted uh they've obviously played better than i think anyone thought they were going to so i think saying that they are the most surprising team in the east is accurate yeah, yeah i agree i mean the only reason i would say the bulls is yes i said earlier they had started it earlier but i don't think anybody was going to expect them to like do it this quickly, right? So, yeah, I didn't expect them to be number one. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. So I think in that regard, you could make a va- valid argument for the Bulls. But yeah, overall, I think it is the Cavs. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I don't really. There's no need to talk about the last thing about could the Pelicans potentially move out of New Orleans and bring back the Sonics. I mean, That'd be sweet for Seattle. Yeah. I think if the NBA were to go through an expansion, Seattle would be the first team on the list. And then Utah goes to New Orleans and becomes the Jazz again? No. <laughs> That'd be fun, but here's what I'll tell you. Um, we're, we're real Jazz. Yeah, look at who the Pelicans owner is. It's Gail Benson. Okay, she also owns the Saints. She's not going to be in the business of moving the team out of town. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. If Seattle gets a basketball team, it's going to be an expansion team. Okay. Yeah. And that's going to be along with Vegas getting a team. Okay. What do you guys expect out of Zion when he's back, when he comes back? Nothing. Most. Uh, I mean, uh, the one word I, I've heard in reference to um, him during his absence is fat. Yeah. 
Uh, I've, I've heard that word thrown around a lot, that he's over. Uh, credit to, to Big Cat, and pardon my take, he always says that uh, Zion's one bad weekend away from being fat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so accurate. But it's so true. It's so true. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. a guy that, that he's going to need a nutritionist. He's going to need someone to monitor everything he eats because mm-hmm. he can't be trusted to to take care of himself. Mm-mm. And and a guy that's that big and powerful, like he's just going to continue to get hurt mm-hmm. over I mean, and over and over. Again. He he looks like Charles Barkley today, but at the age of Charles Barkley when he was year two in the league. Okay, right. so that's right. a problem. That's why crazy because he's just got so much talent. Yeah. Do you think it's possible though? It's just the it's just the what he's wearing. No, no, no. I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure that some of the pictures are bad angles and they don't flatter him. But uh, I think that when it he's overweight, like it, you can, it's pretty, you can, pretty obvious. It's obvious. You can tell he's oh, got sh- Wow! It says he's weight. They said it's he's like 317 pounds. That's insane. He's like a he's the size of a defensive tackle. That's the yeah. size of a defensive tackle in the NFL. He probably weighs more, considering how tall he is. Yeah, that's why I get, think that's part of the reason why I was wondering about if the Pelicans could possibly move out in New Orleans because, like, every time they get a star player, that star player automatically wants to leave. Granted, that happens with a lot of cities, but or a lot of teams, I should say. But like without Zion, the Pelicans are nothing. They don't get good attendance anyway. It's still like- an attractive destination, though. They have that going for them. Like New Orleans is an attractive destination. It's a warm weather city. It's fun for young guys. Like it's a really cool place to live. Mm-hmm. Like they've got a lot of other things other than you know to to attract people to. And mm-hmm. I think for that reason, like moving to the Pacific Northwest would kind of be counterintuitive, you know. It would be and for a, a city that has such a party reputation, it doesn't seem to have as many as the negative connotations that places like Miami and Vegas do. That's I true. Think, I think yeah. that's something that they, you know, have to look and be like, okay, there's something to that. Because mm. Miami has, can't the way they have to operate, you know, all of their sports teams, but specifically like the, let's say the Dolphins, mm-hmm. there's certain players where they just have to take them off their list because of it's Miami. I mean, yeah. Vegas, you know, for the Raiders are going to have to do that too because apparently they haven't done that yet. But they're going to have to operate the same way the Dolphins do. Be like, there are certain players we just can't bring here because of the environment. Yeah. For some reason, New Orleans doesn't has not seem to have as much of a problem with that. Maybe it's because they're operating that way, but you don't really hear uh, the amount of bullshit you hear that you hear about Dolphins or Raiders players. In right. Yeah, that's true. And I'm not suggesting that the, trying to say that the Pelicans should move out of New Orleans by any means. Um, I'm just saying it feels like something that could happen at some point. They'll probably expand, okay, uh, put a team in the West, then kick a team that's in the West that has no business being the West of the East. So like Memphis. Yeah. I could see that, yeah. Yeah, I mean Seattle's sweet. Like it's a, the Pacific Northwest is awesome. Like I, I hope that they get a team, but I would hate to see it at the expense of like another team losing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like expansion, like I could see them having like an expansion team, but uh, I don't know. I, I almost see them completely reinventing themselves. Even you know, not not even coming back as the Supersonics. I, I don't know. I just 
I don't know. It seems like that 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 franchise has been you know up and moved around, and it's like I don't even know that they'd want to be the Supersonics at this point. But that's a different. Well, well, let me uh, let me just kind of flip this back on you. How would you have felt back in 1999 if the Browns came back, but they weren't the Browns; they were somebody else? Uh, yeah, I would have been pissed. That's true. Yeah. 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 That's a fair point. I mean, I, know, I just never was crazy about the name, like the Supersonics and the branding. I just well, it has to do with uh, Boeing being in Seattle. Here's another example. Uh, when the Winnipeg Jets came back, they came back as the Jets. They didn't come back as somebody else. Yeah. Right. After when the Raptors moved from Atlanta. That's right. true, too. If Hartford came back, they'd be the whale. Yeah. I just yeah. hate it. Yeah. I, I guess I'm, I'm pulling a Josh here. I just, I'm rooting with what I want to see, but rather with what makes sense here. <laughs> I knew you would start pulling with me at some point. <laughs> no, it's just such a cool place, and they have such cool brands there. Like the the Seahawks have great brand. Like the the Sounders have a great brand. Like they the see like, the, the Mariners are thing. Like something new and fresh and and cool, you know. And I, I feel like the Super Sonics has played out, but anyway. Yeah. Um. So what's next on here? Antonio Brown. Yeah. Antonio oh, Brown. Oh yeah. Here. Antonio Brown things. So uh, that was a uh, scene. Man, you, you thought he was going to – he said he had his whole life together and won that Super Bowl, and then all of a sudden this happened. Yep. Well, to uh, to quote Mark Madden, this was a total clown Tony O'Brown moment. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's hard to make any arguments in his favor at this point, you know, especially after Arians gave him a second, second chance. You know, it's like, I don't know. There, there's an argument to be made about the incentives and things like that, but it still doesn't justify taking your jersey off and leaving in the middle of the game and, and drawing all the attention of the, you know, the stadium to you. And the way he did it was just so immature, childish. Um, so by the way he did it, his arguments about incentives and stuff, it's like, I don't even want to hear it. It's just, there's yeah. another game left. You had another quarter in this game. Like it'd be different if it was the last game of the season and it was the end of the fourth quarter. But I just don't, I think it's just Antonio Brown being Antonio Brown. Out of the hall of fame. No, yeah. he went in there in the first place. Thank you. I don't know why you're saying thank you. He was never going to go in the first place. Well, yeah, I don't know. He's 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 definitely one of the best receivers of his era. That's I don't know. There's an talent wise that he's Hall of Fame worthy, but definitely not character wise. And I think no. he sealed the deal for him. You're right. Yep. Yeah. I just or if he is going to get in, it's going to be a long, long time. It would take a lot of re rebranding his image. Like it would take him like maybe a lot of rehabilitation. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, the interesting thing, like, though, is like Brian, you were saying this earlier. Um, like T.O. got into the Hall of Fame, and you were saying he got into a lot of bad stuff. Not really. No, he. I mean, that he was. He did really. In terms of drama, though, like there was always drama surrounding him, and there was always character issues in the locker room. He was always butting heads with other players on the team. Uh, it was That's always my quarterback. It's his, all issues were, his issues were on the field things. Okay. Yeah, like off the field, he didn't like Tony Brown really didn't get that much in trouble. trouble. Well, yeah, that's true. He never did anything like in terms of like legally or anything like that. 
But yeah, yeah I, there's people in the Hall of Fame that are bad people, is all I'm saying. And it's the Hall of Fame, it's not the Hall of Character, and there's always going to be bad character guys that get in. Um, so I don't think that it's his character I mean, alone that disqualifies. You know, OJ's still in it. Or just like the way that his career has been cut short. And Yeah. You know, so. So I, I looked up Antonio Brown's numbers for where he stands. He's 24th in receiving touchdowns and receiving yards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I agree with you, Brian. Like, player-wise, he should go in. But as far as, like, a human being, I think that's going to be the thing that's going to, like, hurt him. Yeah, when you're a guy that's on on the fence of getting in or not, character issues matter. Although I do uh, argue Joe Namath should have also waited a while too. Yeah, there's in terms of like the Hall of Fame though, like a lot of guys have bad character issues off the field right now. Yeah. You know, so it's like at the end of the day, it's do how much of it can you separate? You know, and with Antonio Brown, some of the stuff he's done is just unforgivable. You know, so it's yeah. Like, uh, I'm sorry. There's no rehabilitation or anything that you can go through that's going to allow me to just say you're forgiven. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. notable players currently not in the Hall of Fame that have more receiving yards than Antonio Brown. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, who will be in? He'll be in. Uh, Steve Smith Sr., Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, Anquan Bolden, Henry Ellard, Tory Holt, Julio Tory Jones Holt should have been in. He's got the Super Bowls, too. Uh, that's the one argument uh, Brown had over the other guys, the Super Bowls. But then you get to a guy like Holt, and it's like, nope. Jason Witten, who's going to get in. Irving Fryer. Brandon Marshall. Irving Fryer. All those guys have more receiving yards than Antonio Brown at this moment in time. A couple yeah. of those guys are going to get in, but there's a couple of guys that have been out of the league for about uh, a decade plus that are still not in. Yeah, he was a guy that needed to play a couple more years, and he's done now. So he that's... he played past the part, the point in time where the argument can be made he was the best at his time. That, that you can only play probably like eight years at most to have that argument. You know, talent wise, you're in. The, like with Calvin Johnson or Terrell Davis, sure. he played too long for that argument to to have any value now. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. And real quick, uh. Also, Coach, uh, moving on from this, Coach uh, um, Reeves just passed away. Dan Reeves did pass away, yes. Yeah. Most underrated coaches of all time. Right. Yeah, all he did was win. He did win. He never won a big one, but he always won. Every single team he played for, he took them to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a bummer. It seems like with these, like, deaths, they always come in threes. It's like it. There's the John Madden, Betty White, and then this one, you know? Yeah. It's so weird. It, it, I don't know why it always seemed like that. Yeah. It yeah. It comes in threes. Yep. You're right about that one. So uh, the Buccaneers, uh, with the injuries and everything going on with them, do you, do you guys still peg them as contenders or Super Bowl? Where do you have them now? It's hard to bet against Brady, so I've learned that one. Yeah. But- Smart. <laughs> I know I'm smarticles, but in this case, I just, I get it. I, I've seen him do it with less, but I just think the NFC is a little too strong this season. Um, I just don't think he can overcome it this year. That's fair. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Tom Brady's still Tom Brady and I'll never bet against him. So for that reason, I'm still sticking with them. I still think that there's a good chance that they come out 
uh, of that uh, of the NFC. I still have belief in the Bucks. I mean, I, they're, they're going to get Mike Evans back at some point. So, yeah, and that's huge. Yeah, he's he's a big factor. They still got Gronk. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Kim Brate's still on the team, so they still have a very good team. Yeah. You know, uh, do they have the depth that, that we thought they're going to have in the receiving room? Not anymore. You know, Chris Godwin out for the year, and Antonio Brown doing whatever he feels like. Right. You know, attending next games. Yeah. Tonight. Uh, but they they obviously have some wide receiver depth issues. But uh, I we've seen Brady win with less. So yeah, I'm not going to count them out yet. Yeah. Um. Would I be surprised if they come out of the NFC? No. I'm just not expecting them to now. Until I tell I am. Who do you got now, Josh? Uh, it's hard for me to go against the Packers with what Aaron Rodgers is doing. Um, I I kind of want to say the 49ers, but it's hard to – I don't know what I'm going to get from Jimmy G. I want to say the Rams, but again, I Matt Stafford, I can't fully trust him. So my best bet would be the Packers. Yeah, I, I still – I'm sticking with them. I, I had them in the Super Bowl. I'm going to stick with them in the Super Bowl. Um, but I, I think the Packers out of that group um, and the Rams are the two most legitimate threats. Yeah. Um. So is there any team on either from either conference that you don't want to see win the Super Bowl? Uh, any team from the AFC? Yeah, same. Bucks. Uh, any team from the AFC North um, is is pretty much it. Um, yeah, there's 32 teams, the and there's only one that I want to win the Super Bowl. So I would say that all of them. I I'm not rooting for any. I have no rooting interest once the Browns are eliminated. Fair. It's it's mostly teams that you don't want to win that you root against. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, in terms of guys that I want to root against this year, like there's. My usual favorites aren't in it right now, like mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. He's my favorite target for – but, yeah, they're not in the conversation right now. So there's no real team that I really hate right now that I don't want to see other than, yeah, obviously I don't want a team to come out of the AFC North and win the Super Bowl. would be terrible. Especially the Bengals. Come on. Yeah. Oh, that would be disgusting. The Bengals? Yeah, for them to win a Super Bowl, I don't want to think about it. No, for me? No, they're the team to lose a Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, yeah, if they make it and lose, that that's fine. But I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't for that me, what they're known for? For me, they're there's losing, and then not go to the playoffs for the next ten years. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, for me, there's two teams that I really don't want to see win the Super Bowl, and they're both NFC teams: Tampa Bay and Dallas. I'm with you on on why why are you so anti Tampa Bay? Ah, uh, Tom Brady. Even though I conceded that Tom Brady is the goat, still don't like him. It, it's just um, like he's shoved down our throats in the NFL world. He's like the also, John Cena of NFL. Okay, hold on, pause real quick. Uh, you're you're annoyed that the NFL markets their best player and their best player of all time. The what has the NBA play. done for the past thirty years? We've got nothing but Michael Jordan. The, okay. The thing yeah, is, Tom Brady's corny. Huh? He's kind of corny. 
Michael Jordan made Space Jam. That's fair. That's not saying? even why I'm saying that. That's I, not I even know, why. Josh. I'm just countering Chirk right now. You're you're mad that the NFL shoves Tom Brady in your face, but the NBA is still riding the coattails of Michael Jordan. He hasn't played for 20 years. Tom Brady's like like you know, it's like let's go t- Brady. Brady sucks like the Cena champ. Mm, I don't know. It's he's won seven Super Bowls, so it's you know when he's I'm not disagreeing with that. Like I'm not disagreeing. He's the goat. I'm just saying why people don't like him. Mm, that's fair. I don't know. I, to me, it's like if if a guy, if the the greatest player of all time is playing, and I get to witness it, it's like if my team's not in it, I want to see greatness. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's yeah. more interesting to me than the other narratives out there. Like so, I I'm rooting for uh, honestly. If there was a team I do want to win, I would actually argue that it would be the Buccaneers. And to even be more honest, I think a lot of us wish we were him. <laughs> I'll, mean, I'll be completely honest. That's another reason why we don't like Tom Brady. Part of the reason I don't want Tampa Bay is because of Antonio Brown. Um, he ain't there anymore. He's not he's a Buck anymore. Team. Yeah. I mean, he's still on the roster. He hasn't officially been cut yet. Well, if they win, he doesn't get shit. Right. I know, but he was still with them, so. But he's not now. Right, so that problem's eliminated. So <laughs> jump on the bandwagon. Come watch Brady win his eighth Super Bowl, and you'll be able to tell your grandkids about how you saw the greatest player to ever play the game in the hardest league to win in. Yeah, I'm just tired of watching Brady win all the time. I I like, I want to see something different. That That's right. my biggest thing. You want um, Brady, I get it. And with Dallas, it's just like, I don't want the Cowboys fans to be able to shove it down our throat. Like, hey, we we won a Super Bowl. Like, we're America's team. And Who cares? They haven't won in quarter century. Yeah. If what you want is for Cowboys fans to change, don't hold your breath, brother. They're always going to be Cowboy fans. They're always yeah. going to be the same. Whether they win, lose, or draw, they're always going to be the same insufferable bunch. So, so. Yeah. Other than Tampa Bay and Dallas and obviously AFC North teams, I'm fine with whoever wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. And part of the reason I say that is because I don't know about any of you, but I like to collect uh, Super Bowl championship films. I love watching like championship films in general to watch like what the team went through to get to winning the title. So like – I have the St. Yeah. Louis Blues 2019 Stanley Cup Championship film. I've got the, uh, I got the Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup from 2020. Only because of everything with COVID and the bubble and all that, I thought that thing was incredible. I have Kansas City Super Bowl 54 Championship film because it was the 100th year of the NFL. Um, that's it. You think we could uh, have a have a film about the worst teams? The Owen Actually, I have the Cavaliers. I would watch that. Would you? Film. No. You don't want to see the Owen Six. I don't want to see old games. Period. I really no, don't. No. For me, championship films relevance they've gone from being you know something that I was interested in, something I haven't been interested in once like the internet was a thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I've only owned one in my entire life, and it was the uh, Chicago Bulls sixth title one. That was the only one I ever won. I had the VHS tape, and I watched the shit out of it. Okay, yeah, yeah. But it was because it was Michael Jordan, and they won six titles, and Michael Jordan retired at the time. Right. So it was like watching something that was you know 
final. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I like I like hearing about the stories and stuff, but one thing that you do, Josh, is like you'll watch a game from start to finish, and I cannot watch an old game like just for fun. Like I'll watch the Browns game twice because I want to, you know, take notes or see some things that I might have missed. But in terms of for enjoyment to watch a sports event that already happened, I cannot do it. Yeah. It's so just I guess- me. I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It's just like oh, it does not sound enjoyable to me to watch a game where you know exactly what's going to happen. So I guess I'm a bit of an anomaly in that regard. I, I think I might be the anomaly here, honestly. Well, I, can't, I can't watch old games. Are you kidding? Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. I honestly don't know what the pulse is on that. I just cannot. Like The, the, the only time I even entertained that was when uh, the world ended at the beginning of 2020 and they were showing old games. On oh, the yeah. That's the only time I ever did it, too. Was I'm like, it's it's this or you know watch something else. At least, at least like something resembling sports. That's um, the only time I've done it too. It, it, um, like watching, uh, I watched the uh, the '88 World Series once. That was cool. You know the you know Kurt Gibson with two bad legs coming up to the plate. Uh, yeah. I that game. I watched the 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 Indians opening day uh, from the first game at Jacobs Field. But That's, that was really it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I at least didn't go to the step of people putting on video games in simulate mode and watch the computer play each other. Oh, that's, yeah, I oh, that sounds awful. I will say this, though. In college, I've gambled on uh, I would say people were gambling on it when uh, when there were no sports. They would just put it on simulate and the computer play yeah. each other, and they'd gamble on it. Yeah, I, I've gambled on just about everything, though. I've gambled on beta fish, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want Peter to gambled on. I've gambled on 2K before. Have you ever done that? What? Gambled on 2K? No, I've never gambled on a video game. No? No. No. He's not a degenerate. <laughs> okay, again, I was younger when I did that. So I was Then again, good. sports gambling is not really my thing. I've never been much of a betting person in the first place. Me neither. See, I'm, I I hate like that people think that I like bet a lot on sports because I don't like I make five ten, yeah, like I make five ten fifteen dollar bets. Like for me, it's purely entertainment and for fun. Like I I just like it's exciting. It makes the game way more entertaining to me because like I'm only a fan of the teams I like. I when it's not like a team that I'm a fan of, like I don't care at all. Yeah. And yeah. By, by putting five bucks on a game, it's like. A lot of people go out and they'll go to the bar and they'll spend 20 bucks on drinks. You know, I don't drink. So for me, it's just like a little entertainment thing. So I don't want there to be this perception that I drop like a hundred bucks on games and stuff. Yeah. Not, I, the, the only games I watch where my team's not involved are uh, NFL games. Mm-hmm. I'll sit there and watch NFL games all day that are not the Browns. Yeah, football is very watchable when you don't have a rooting interest, but a lot of other sports aren't as watchable when you don't have. I'm not going to turn on whatever games on, whatever national televised basketball games on. Sorry, whatever national televised hockey games on, I watch it and be like, yes, I'm so invested in this. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, it doesn't happen for me either. You're a super fan, Josh. Yeah. You are a super duper fan. I don't watch every single game that's on TV. Practically. No. Nah. There's some game, there's some game. You miss it, you watch it on the treadmill the next day. No. Every time I'm talking to you, you're watching a game, whether it's live or it's a one that you missed. <laughs> That's a good thing. It's a good <laughs> thing. I no, I wish I had that though. Like I, I, I wish I could because when I like when I do watch games over for notes and stuff, I'm like, oh, I hate it. 
I don't know why. I love watching old games over and over again. Even when I know it's going to happen, I still get enjoyment out of it. I, I mean, maybe I'm an anomaly in that regard, but I don't care. That's who I am. It's no, I like watching old it, games if I'm bored. I wish I could do that because none of the current Cleveland teams are giving me any enjoyment. So, <laughs> you know just, what I mean? Just watch the old uh, feel good moments still. Watch hey. some old Bernie Kosar. Games. I'll put some 95 Indians. I'll put some 95 games in August, September on for the Cleveland Indians if I want to just watch good Cleveland memories. I don't know. If, if there's like an old game, I only like watch old games if they're like memorable. Same. Like uh, the Indians comeback that he, the, when they were down 12 runs. Oh, against Seattle. Yeah. yeah I've rewatched that game just because it was so crazy. I had I, to see it again. But like, I used to rewatch the, the Chargers uh, playoff run in 94, 95. When they, oh, really? when they like surprised everybody. Was that your team when the Browns were gone as the Chargers? This, to go to the Super Bowl? No, I mean like when the Browns weren't in Cleveland no, anymore. Is that who your favorite team was? Do you, uh, do you know? Well, I wasn't alive back then, but. Oh, shoot. I, I always loved underdogs. When were you born? What year? 97. See, okay. I was born so, in 96. Yeah. So when you, you're two so people, little. I grew up on like the Michael Vick, like uh, Tom Brady. Yeah. You know, me and Brian were old enough where we had to pay attention to other teams. We had to jump ship. Not jump ship, but it was like if you wanted to root for a team, you had to pick a different one. We didn't. I I lived in Michigan at the time, so we watched the Lions, so Barry Sanders was fun to watch. So. Mm I thought the Raiders were cool because they were black and silver, so it was like Barry Sanders and the Raiders for me. I'm not proud of it, but I was a how about big, how about good old Scott Mitchell? No, not Scott. Remember Mitchell. Him? What did you see, Brian? You got you got cut off. I, I was a big Cowboys fan. I I was a Deion Sanders fanatic. Come on, Deion. Yeah, Deion was Deon. my he was ah, my favorite athlete ah. of all time. So it was whoever Deion played for was my favorite team. That was okay. No Browns. I mean, even though I didn't get to like really enjoy Dion in his prime, I've gone back and watched plenty of highlights of him. He was amazing. His numbers, like when you look at how productive he was in baseball, too, like it is he was freakishly productive for a yeah. guy that was just flying in for games. Like it. It's one of the hardest sports to play when you're not doing it day in and day out, you know. And for him to come in there like from a helicopter ride and go in there and like go three for four with three RBIs and two stolen bases, it's like the guy's a freak. Mm-hmm. He's an absolute freak show. He's one I like of the, the best NFL, I've ever seen. I like the NFL draft commercial where he tries to re-enter the draft, like Dion Sandcastle. Oh yeah, that was a good one. What and let's talk about what he's doing too. Uh, down there at Jackson State, he's he's really creative, oh, yeah. big down there. He flipped like the what a top recruit, who the number gonna... one recruit in the nation. He flipped yeah. the number one recruit in the nation from Florida State, which is who, ironically, that's where he wanted to coach was at Florida State, and they didn't want anything to do with them. And look at where they're at. So. Well, I, I do say it's it's worth noting, uh, you know, why that flip happened and how it happened okay uh there's a lot more to it sure. there's a lot more to it what's i remember the player's name it it, it, it i don't have it off the tip of my tongue it, it doesn't matter his nil licensing deals through barstool sports yep. Deion sanders is an employee of what barstool sports he's the coach okay. of jackson state so yeah. connect the dots 
Should he be the coach of the Cleveland? No. No, stop, stop. that. What's going on here? He's, I think he's proven himself, though. Like, I, I, I thought a lot of it was just going to be – like, I knew he was going to get recruits just because of who he is and his name, but I didn't know that he was going to be able to turn that into wins so quickly. But, like, he really yeah. he really did have an he's, impression. He's doing an impressive job. I'm not trying to take yeah. anything away from him. I'm just, like, being like – No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. That was 100% because of the Barstool NIL deal. But, yeah. Um, but still, it's a big deal for, for a guy to flip from Florida State to a – It is. Yeah, for a non-Power 5 – school of any kind let alone an hbcu yeah so it's just really again credit crazy. to credit to prime down in uh john jackson state yeah how do you think he takes another job is my question because there's um, people going to be calling you know yeah he's have a lot of interest well so. if, he's, if he's got the you know the the backing of barstool being able to flip players to go wherever for nil deals and barstool is a big brand i mean they got money to just kind of throw around uh, yeah. i imagine he could go to a, a school looking to get back into relevance or what if, if 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 god forbid harbaugh ever took an nfl job i'd be interested in having him in ann arbor <laughs> hey if james franklin <laughs> would too uh, you know oh yeah 100 percent. yeah <laughs> hey, that would be a dream for the whole the whole yeah that would be amazing he really would hey if james franklin left, left uh happy valley anytime soon there's he could come to Penn State. I mean, college football's it's I'm not gonna say all about recruiting, but it's mostly about recruiting. You gotta yeah. have players on the field to win. And that and that's why we see Alabama and Georgia in the final. It's mm-hmm. because they have the most five and four star talented players in the country, and it always the cream rises to the top every year. Mm-hmm. And it, if you're a guy like Dion, I mean honestly, even if all you do is recruit and somebody else calls plays or makes all the decisions, like you're still super valuable. Yep. So we so. got about 10 minutes left. So I guess let's use these 10 minutes to talk college football playoff. Yeah. The games went exactly as expected. Um, exactly as we expected. Yeah. I concede. I was wrong. Yep. I was a hundred percent wrong on both sides. Um, there will be no musical number from coming out of this mouth today. None. <laughs> I know, James, you hate it when I sing. I don't know why. Well, uh, I don't mean to say I told you so, but I told you so. Uh, you did. You did. So. Don't doubt Bama. Don't doubt Georgia. Uh Bama completely dominated Cincinnati. That game was not as close as the scoreboard indicated. Not at all. I agree. Uh, you looked at the two teams. Alabama looked like an NFL team. Cincinnati looked like a junior varsity high school team. They were just not big enough. They weren't fast enough. They were getting dominated from the point of the attack from the beginning of the game. Yeah, and it went 100% according to Saban's game plan. <laughs> so I, I think everything went exactly according to the script for them. Um I, I still like Bama and a close one against Georgia, personally. Yeah. So I think I think Bama wins it, but I think Georgia's the real deal. Um, the that defense is just good, man. Like that front is just dominant. Like they've got a lot of NFL talent on that team. So I, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think the two best teams in the country are playing for the national title, and I think that's what the playoff was designed for. And in that way, I think the playoff is working. Yeah. 
I look, I the reason I was so hard like in favor of Cincinnati and Michigan was because I didn't want to see this matchup again because we've seen it so many times before. And I'm just like, no, I don't want this. But hey, they're the two best teams. It was inevitable. So we're here we are. And as I've given Alabama a ton of shit, I will admit that. And guess what? They proved me wrong. So, nope. I'm just like I can't com- uh, bet against Belichick anymore. I'm not betting against Saban. Can't do it. Nope. I learned my lesson. Do not bet against Nick Saban. I'm so I'm Alabama. Okay, so you got Bama, James. You got Bama. Who you who do you say you have, Church? You not got Bama. Bama. I'm getting Georgia. Oh, you got Georgia. Okay. I, I do not like Bama. I'd like to see Georgia win, but I think Bama wins. I mean, it'd be nice to see Georgia win too. I mean, my cousin played for the team uh, back in the day. But, That's sweet. but you know. You, you uh, were right about Cincinnati. I told you I'd be right. You've been telling you all year long. We've been telling you from the beginning. Right now the line is Georgia minus three. Okay. In, so a, different, in a different universe, they would have won. In, in yeah. a different universe, the Browns would have gone 16 and 0 and not 0 and 16. Thank okay. you. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know why you're saying thank you to that. I'm just trying to point out how ridiculous that is. But yeah. Uh, um, we haven't talked about Georgia, Michigan yet. We've we skipped over that. Uh, Brian, would you care to uh, to take uh, the forefront of this conversation since you are the Michigan man here? Yeah, it went exactly how I said it would go, so that makes it easier to talk about. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's we were a team that was very limited at the quarterback position. Um, we were a team that overperformed expectations all year long. Um, we had a great, we had a great year, but at, at the end of the day, when I looked at it on paper, it 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 went exactly how I thought it should go, and pretty much how any reasonable analyst thought it would go. You know, it's just Michigan's not there yet. They don't have that level of talent yet. They're trending in the right direction. I think this was a, a, a positive step for the team. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think that the best in the Big Ten is still no match for the best in the SEC. Yeah, SEC is the most dominant conference. Yeah, so that's all I have to say about it. Uh, I think we – we'll have a good team next year. You know, I, I hope we're in the playoff conversation again, but this team was never ready to win a national championship. So. All right. I mean, I mean, Georgia, Georgia, obviously the better team. I think, I think most of us here expected that final result. Mm-hmm. I think guys, the only one that picked Michigan, but. A, a lopsided result too. I just, you know, yeah, was, they dominated up front on both sides of the ball. Um, it, it looked a lot like that Alabama and Cincinnati game at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that Michigan showed that they definitely have cl- – they're closer to the level of talent in terms of, you know, like the uh, like skill players and, and such. Uh, but, yeah, they were no match for Georgia in the same way Cincinnati was no match for Bama. Well, part of that's being a, a premier program. Part of that's being in a real conference – um, it's just how it is. Yeah. So you're going to get like those better, those better players, those better, you know, better star recruits, better talent. Yep. <clears throat> their their outreach, the recruiting uh, bet is much larger than Cincinnati's. Absolutely. 
Yeah. I mean, Cincinnati, I think, will get a little bit of a boost by moving to the Big 12. Not much of a boost, but a little bit. They'll at least they'll no longer have to have the non-power five conversation. That, that's pretty much the boost they'll get. Is yeah. just will be so you a... get the Cincy quarterback, Desmond Ritter. No, no, thank you. No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, that's you could all. Draft him in the third or fourth round. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't be crazy about him in any round personally. I, I don't think he's particularly that good so no. yeah yeah i agree yeah i would agree well it's four o'clock i think yes, that's it is, all we got so. for one day yeah. yep that's all we got for the day hopefully next week we'll be back in the all sports cleveland studio but we'll have to wait and see on that one but until next time this is so what the so what's the catch team saying see you later See you guys. Thanks. Yeah. Peace out.